Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. Eighteen years. And how long did you date before that? A couple of months. <laughs> yeah, we dated a little bit. Yeah, that sounds like a couple of months. Then Off we stopped. Long. We dated and one month. We picked up again. What? Six months later. Yeah, about six months later. About six months later, we and picked up again. And then we were again. married six months after that. Because we met when she, it was her first day at a doctor's office. And I was, it was my first day going to that doctor for like a physical and all that stuff. And she was being fresh with me. <laughs> Don't lie, because you wrote he it in your book. He asked me for my numbers. <laughs> she gave me all her numbers. She gave me four numbers. Don't lie, it's in your book. It is in the book. <laughs> remember because I, i'm short i'm kind of short and my i was sitting on the table and my feet were like kind of dangling and i was just kind of like kicking them yeah and then you know she was uh i mean he looked cute it kind of <laughs> reminded me like of a, a schoolboy sitting and so i was like in my mind i was like dang he's cute you know but that was it and then at the end of his doctor's appointment that's when i told him i was like you know today's my first day and i wasn't supposed to start till the following week and so I just, that's how I just knew it was meant for us to be together because I wasn't even supposed to be there that day. And she had on these scrubs and she had like, you could tell she had a booty. Cause you, how do you, like, no one has a booty in scrubs, but she had a booty in scrubs. I was like, how is this possible? So, oh, uh, I'm sorry. We can cut. <laughs> no way to get started. We are started. I was just kind of like, you know, I'm in the doctor. I was like, okay, this, this doctor's office. I'm, I'm kind of liking this, you know? You know, she's pretty cute and everything. And, and you know, I could tell she was kind of, you know, feeling me. But, and, but, you know, I thought she was attractive too. So we just kind of, can I get your number? And then she gave me all four of them. <laughs> just in case, you know, he was a patient, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you called? Yes, I call. You know what? We went on a date. We were our first date was this Chinese restaurant in what was it, Connecticut Avenue? Yeah, in DC. In DC, yeah, right. And um, I remember. Let me see. Cause what did you get? Did you get some duck or something? I think so. Yeah, you you had the duck, and I think I tried the duck just cause she tried the duck, and initially, cause at the time I was a school teacher, so I'm I'm looking at this restaurant. I'm like. Can I afford this? Like real talk. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was I was totally prepared to be like, you know what? I'm not hungry. I'm just gonna get the appetizer. <laughs> you know, but it was um, you know, it worked out for me. And um uh -oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so I was just thinking I was just gonna do the whole appetizer thing, like, yeah, you know, I'm not really hungry. And uh, And I was like, you know, get it. This is good because my dad used to take us out to dinner all the time. And I was like, you know, you need to try it. So, you know. He yeah, so so I had the duck. Where, what did we do after that? I think we I took you home. We went back to my mom's house. Because yeah. I, yeah. I was staying with my mom at the time um, with my daughter. And then I wound up getting my own place. And then we just kept dating. And no, 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 no. You have, didn't you have your place? Not no. when I met you. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You know how, you know how I know this? Because he one remembers, of the numbers. He's like an elephant. I don't even talk because he remembers because everything. You were, you were roommates with. Um, Celia. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to say her name. Oh, okay. I, I had a roommate. <laughs> but yeah, she did have a roommate because remember, the apartment number was one of the numbers you gave me. Your mom's oh, yeah, number, right. apartment number, your cell phone number, and your mom and dad's number. Did you give me your dad's work number too? <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm not going to answer she, that she, question. She didn't give me her dad's work number, but she wanted to, though. I could tell. <laughs> you stopped dating and then you started up again. Yes. Right. What's that about? Because she crazy. She crazy. Okay, can I be honest? 
he was um he would show up at my job all the time bringing me like Are you sure you're the, the, the ro- you know the roses <laughs> from 7-Eleven they have a little water cap on the end and he would bring me lunch and to me it just I had never had a guy do that before so in my mind I was like why is he smothering me that's that's kind of how I felt um and so I broke it off and then he wind up coming back I did back. that twice yeah twice. twice and then he came to the doctor's office later on that year and um, no, 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 he called. called. He called I the called. doctor's office, and then by the time we got done with but the I conversation, didn't call for you. let's get this clear. I didn't call for you. He called for an appointment. Correct. I answered the phone because <laughs> I was a medical tech at the time. By the time we got the phone, he asked me something. I can't remember whether it was to go out no, or could he come by me, or no, something. No, 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 you know I remember these things. So, that's why he needs to talk. <laughs> you I'm asked me <laughs> how I was doing, and I said I'm doing fine, and then you were like, oh, okay, and then it was like, you know that awkward silence well if you don't have nothing to say and i don't have nothing to say i guess we should hang up right but no we we kept on with this awkward like oh well okay well yeah okay well um yeah uh okay so how are your parents doing they're, they're, they're okay well yeah tell them i asked for them and, well you can come by and see them sometime and okay well yeah that'd be cool well, you know, my dad cooks every Sunday. Well, yeah, okay. Well, maybe I can come this Sunday. I don't know, after church. I, I'm, if I don't have nothing to do after church, I'm gonna come. And then after that, it was... It was a wrap. <laughs> yeah. Six months later, you guys were married? Um, yeah, because that was in November. And then my grandmother passed away in December. My dog passed away in December and my great-grandmother all passed away within like two or three weeks of each other. And so from there, then my parents decided to move out of the DC area. And then he just, in my mom's kitchen, by the laundry room and a bag of a basket of laundry, he um, proposed to me. So. And I figured why wait? Well, initially I didn't because you know how people try to be all deep and they think like, cause you throw God in something that, oh, you supposed to be like, oh, okay. Cause my wife initially told me, she was like, the Lord said you were supposed to be I my husband. <laughs> I, I was, did not do all that. And I said, he didn't tell me that. And he did say that. And I was like, no, I said, I said, I really feel deep down in my heart that you're supposed to be my husband. But this was way before the whole proposal thing. Right. Um, and then he said, well, the Lord didn't tell me that. I said, okay. You know, and I, I didn't ever bring it up again. And then a couple months later, he, you know, he proposed to me. Yeah, I figured uh, she's a good catch. I can't let her go. Because she was going to go to Georgia without me. Sometimes I'd be thinking like, especially like when we had like our little rough spots. Sometimes I'd be thinking like, I just should have let her go. <laughs> <laughs> I just should have let her go to Georgia. <laughs> well. You know how they always say, sometimes you gotta be careful what you say you're not gonna do? Because like my whole life, I was just like, I'm not marrying a woman with kids. If she got kids, I ain't talking to no woman with kids. And then, wow, bam, <laughs> you know, a woman with kids or a child. So that was different. And you know, Gab and I always had like a good relationship, you know? Um, I know she used to, like, I would pick her up from school sometimes and she'd always try to get over on me. She'd be like, Mr. Don, can I, can I eat my biscuit now? I'm like, but what you gonna eat later when you go to your grandparents' house? But I'm really hungry. I said, well, what would your mom say to you? <sighs> but I think she would let me. So I'd be like, you know what, just go eat it and I'll tell her to be all right. <laughs> so, you know, she she was she was working me from day one, you know. And I love that because um, I was working and going to school at the same time. So it just got, it, there were times where I couldn't pick my daughter up from school. And so while we were dating, I, you know, I would ask Don to pick her up. And by the time he would pick her up, take her to my parents' house, her homework would be done. You know, so I just really love that about him that he even offered to help out. And I thought that was just so, and she was so in love with him. No, not really. I mean, like when, when we um, first started dating, it was kind of like, well, dang, she does that. But I, I wanted to give it a chance, you know, because um, I guess in a way, you know, that line of thinking can be judgmental, you know, because things happen in a person's life. So I didn't want to seem like, oh, no, nah, you got a kid, so 
because you know you could be missing out on a good thing and you know realistically i would have as much as this woman drives me nuts at times i really would have been missing out on a good thing because you know she's she's good people <laughs> thank you at times i'm not <laughs> we got married in june and i was pregnant in october so we, we don't we don't mess around right here, okay? <laughs> no, we we about that business. <laughs> um, and then I went on bed rest several times, lots of um, being in the hospital. So that was hard for him because he was working, and now having to take care of a child while I'm in the hospital, worried about me um, trying to take care of Gabby, making sure her hair is done, and school homework, all that. So that was real. That was a real crazy period in our lives. At the time, we were trying to move, and my husband had enlisted in the military. And so he was getting ready to leave for boot camp. Um, he actually left when Donnie was two weeks old. No, hold on. No, was it a month old? No, she she was born June, so I left at the in end July. of July. He left in July. End so of July. she was about a month old when he left. So there I was with two kids, and my husband was gone to boot camp. So I left in July, and I came home Christmas break. And things about my daughter had changed. Both the girls had changed so dramatically because I hadn't seen either one of them in, since August. I mean, July. And it felt weird. I felt like um, this time in my life was gone, which was very hard for me because um, I knew what I was doing. I needed to do it, you know, for my family. But at the same time, it was very hard to to just leave them. But that's what men do. We we take care of our, our families and sometimes we, we make the hard call, you know, to put food on the table. And that was very hard. Yeah, that was hard, man. And then like, um, let me see, I think the next time I saw them was... Easter. Yeah, you were in Atlanta at your brother's house and I drove from Pensacola, Florida, like in the rain. I mean, it was like four in the morning. I'm like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I see my daughter and she's, she's a little chunky little thing. And she's like, she's holding on to her mama for dear life. Like, who is this man? And she has teeth and just like, come on. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, you know, she warmed up to me and, you know, she came and sat on my lap. And I mean, it was just like, like I was in heaven because I hadn't seen this little girl in so long. It was tough for me only because I was here, you know, doing the two girls and it got to a point where he would say, everyone's getting letters, I'm not getting letters. And, and so I tried to explain to him, babe, as much as I want to write you letters, Having a newborn, I'm nursing and, you know, trying to, uh, I think I was I was watching somebody else's kids to just kind of bring some extra cash in. So, you know, I'm home all day with my newborn and other people's children. And so it was really hard to kind of write to him. So that was every time we got on the phone, he was upset about not getting letters from me because I got letters from him all the time. <laughs> you know, it's uh, like he had yeah. time on his hands to write. time on my hands. <laughs> but, know? I, you know, my, my time was full of kids. Um, so that that was kind of hard. It was a lot of hard conversations just where he just felt lonely and alone and I felt overwhelmed. I mean, we just we just had to talk, talk our ways through it. And it was like, okay, when we see you at Christmas, you know, so just really looking forward to that next time that we would see him, so. Yeah, I mean, do you know how hard it is to, you know, to write a letter? You got, you holding a flashlight at nighttime <laughs> underneath the bed and you like this, you know, cause it's lights out and, you know, you supposed to be sleeping. I'm sitting up here holding a flashlight, writing a letter, hoping and praying that the drill sergeant don't come in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so yeah, I, I put a lot of time and energy into making sure she got these letters. And I still have every last one of them. I think when friends were pointing out to me things that I would say in front of other people and it would make other people uncomfortable, um, we would just be out and my husband, I'm, I'm, I don't eat a lot of food, <laughs> so my husband would order like a whole bunch of food and appetizers and all this other stuff and I'd be like, do you really need all that? 
And you know, and I would say all that all the time. Or if we had, we used to have cookouts here all the time, like I think almost every weekend. And he would pile his plate up with food and I would just go in on him. And, and, and we would have a house full of people. And so I just constantly was nagging him and on him all the time to the point where my husband would stop off at a, a local spot before coming home from work just to get something to eat, get something to drink before he came home to deal with me. And I one one day he had come home and I was like, hey babe, why don't we go do something? I went to go kiss him and I could smell the alcohol on his breath. And then that's when it was this huge blowout, like I gotta stop because I can't you know, deal with you when I come home, you're just over the top, da da da. And so at that point, you know, I had a decision to make and I kind of went in on him. I was like, well, I can't help it that you gotta stop to get something to drink to deal with me, you know, just, didn't even self-reflect at the time. Just put it all back on him. And then that night I was just like, yo, what am I doing? You know, where my husband is stopping, you know, to go to the bar before he came home to me. And so for me, that's where I had to like really do a lot of self-reflection to see why am I causing him this, this pain? Somebody that I love is in pain. And how can I help him come out of that? Oh, it took time. It took time. Mm-hmm. But that night, I just really thought about it, like, because at that point, after the blowout, we weren't going out. So, you know. I, I'd say, whew, man, I think um, I would probably do that maybe like Thursday, Friday, maybe Wednesday, just because I knew I was going to be like locked down because she would, I, I, I kid you not, I would come in. And she would be like, okay, here's the kids, and I need you to this, 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 this. Now, mind you, now I've done sat in an hour or so more of traffic, and I come in, and the first thing you can say to me is, okay, here's the kids, and this is what I need you to do. Not like, hey, babe, how was your day? How are you? This, that, but just the laundry list of things that need that she needs me to do, and the kids, like every day. You know, and I love my children. I love spending time with my kids, but it's like when I come in, just let me get like 20 minutes just to kind of, you know, and I was not getting that. And she always complained about everything. If I put in a load of clothes and, oh, that's a, a, a half a cup of detergent too much. After a while, you know, those kind of things really just get on your last nerve. And then mind you now, I was working two jobs and oh, yeah, I would I would leave I would leave here about say 530 in the morning, get up my job. I'd work till 7, 330, get off from that job, go to my other job, work from four to almost midnight, come home and do it all over again, like three nights a week for my part time job. So it was just it was just kind of like rough like dealing with all these things you know and her just constantly putting that pressure on me and the pressure that I just felt from the world in general and there was, I, I just had no relief anywhere I wasn't getting it outside per se I wasn't getting it at home I just it was like everything was closing in on me this all happened these when I was working the two jobs by this time I was out of the military and we were living in this area. And then when we went, when I started working two jobs, that was when we moved to this, this house that we're currently in. Um, so it probably was about six, seven years ago. About six, seven years ago. No, hold on, no, it was, lo no, it was longer than that. Because when I worked that one company, that's so it was, I'm gonna say that all started about, cause how long we've been in this house, 12 years? 2005. Right, so in 2005, I was working two jobs, 2005, 2006, 2007, mm -hmm. I believe, I was working two jobs. So about so 10 years. During that time frame. No, this is 2017, so that was, 2005 was like 12 years ago. Okay. 17, so that was about 12, 12, 11. I yeah. bet you did the math. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of times I feel like my wife just, like when it comes to me and stuff like that, it's kind of like 
like we were talking about when you first came, how how my wife just kind of critiques everything and how you were saying with your husband, he, he puts that on you about not uh, liking to do this or whatever. And I kind of feel like that's how my wife is with me and stuff like that because now, granted, there 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 are people in my family who who have like issues like any other family, you know what I'm saying? And I think based off of what things that I've told her about people or situations in my family, I think she's tried to almost like put those things on me. You know what I'm saying? So so that right there when she says, oh, he was no, I don't agree with that. I think, you know, she's being over the top with that piece. But in regards to just dealing with her, you know what I'm saying? Now, I, I, I'll give you my wife credit. You know, she is a very nice person. She's very sweet. But I was just like, how in the world do I stay married to this woman with, with all of this? Because I felt like people don't see what I see in regards to how she treats me, you know? So it was like a constant battle for me to just try to cope and deal with everything that she put on me. Um, there would be days where I come in here and I'm just like, okay, what's it gonna be? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm like I'm like bracing myself for the next next wave of whatever she has. To a point where it got, got me thinking like, is there something really wrong with me? Am I that bad of a person? Now, now granted, you know, I do have my faults, you know, I, and I take ownership of, of my actions. Um, and I don't put that on anybody else or even her. I own that. But man, I was just like, can a brother get a break? <laughs> I was over. I was extra. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I, I was. Um, and I know I got a lot of that from my mom. She can be a little abrasive, too. I mean, I had to do some counseling. I mean, both of us had to. Um, but I, I think the the... The part where it really just got to the point where we were like, okay, something's got to give for the both of us is um, I wound up having an emotional affair and my husband found out about it. And so from that point, that's where we really both were like, okay, we both need to do some work here. So he got counseling, I got counseling, and that was a around 2011-ish or so. And then from there, that's when we really started doing the work because I just, I hated seeing my husband like frustrated coming home to deal with me. And then also my kids, because then we were arguing, the kids were hearing all of that. So yeah, and I, I'm, it's a daily thing. <sighs> Pretty much it was a guy that I knew from high school hit me up on social media in my inbox and just was seeing all the stuff I was doing on Facebook and just saying how great of a wife I was, a mom, this and the third. So he was constantly affirming me. Meanwhile, back in, you know, Casa La Barnett, everything was crazy. Um, so I wasn't getting any of that from my husband, but I also wasn't giving him anything to work with anyway. And so this went on for about a year where he just was constantly saying all these great things about me, which I liked, I mean, because I was not getting those from my husband. And so um, when he found out about it, he actually read the messages and everything. Um, we both were just like, okay, how did we get here? Do we want to stay married? Um, and then just around that time, my brother wound up having a, getting a divorce. His wife had an affair. And so we saw the pain because he drove all the way up from Atlanta. And No, that, that your brother's divorce, that was years but after. But I'm just saying, we talked about how, oh. how that pain that we saw in him because he showed up walked through our door and just broke down crying. And we were like, we did not want to do that, not only to ourselves, but to our kids even. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't want that pain, you know? And so, and then, then we went through this list. We both put the kids to, you know, kids to bed at night. And we, we had like this little ritual of kissing hands where we would kiss our hands and kids would kiss their hands and we would, you know, touch their hands from a book. And so just every night we were like, we don't want the kids to have to miss that both of us sucking them in at night, both of us being silly with them at night and things of that nature. And so we were just like, we got to work on this because we just did not want to put our kids through that and pain. And we didn't have no money for a yeah, divorce. Yeah, we were too broke to get a divorce. We didn't have no money. We didn't have no money for a divorce. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we sat on the bed and was just kind of like, 
Okay, how much money you got? <laughs> so how much money you got? Well, guess we'll be working this out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and initially we were like, you know, we're great business partners. We get things done. You know, we're this, we're that. So we said, we'll just be roommates. Um, the kids won't know. <laughs> you know, and that was kind of like our, our thought process. We'll just be roommates and business partners. The kids won't know. And so that's what we did. But then we both just were very conscious about getting counseling to deal with whatever our issues were from our childhood because we tried marriage counseling and that just... That did not work for us. We tried it in the church, out the church. It just did not work. Um, so us doing individual counseling was perfect because then there were sometimes Don would get done. He was like, "Oh, I can't wait to tell you what I learned." And I was, you know, and the same thing for me. I'd be like, "I can't wait to tell you what I learned." And then he would say, "Well, my counselor said when you say this, I don't need to take it this way because." It's, <laughs> and so we were having these conversations, and then we were able to start to communicate and really hear each other out. And then um, I decided to give him a safe space to talk about whatever. So whatever issues he was dealing with or whatever at work, Big Booty Susie or whatever, it was like, this is a safe space. You can tell me about it. Let's talk about it and, you know, keep it moving with no feelings or, you know, like, I can't believe you looked at her butt. It's like, no, that's real. I mean, you're a man that's big booties come around. I mean, used to hurt him talking about mine, I mean, <laughs> when he met me, so, you know, but it was like giving him that, that safe space to be able to talk to me. Um, and that's something we really worked on. We even had a conversation in the car today and it just was like, able to talk to each other about things that other couples we know that would just be like a deal breaker or whatever, you know, whatever those conversations are, we just decided to create a space in our marriage where we could talk about it. My true thoughts are, are initially, you know, from from the from the emails, well, it was Facebook. I was really like, "What the hell?" And then um, I was, you know, I was upset. No, I'm gonna give you my truth. I was livid. <laughs> I was like, "I'm out here working two jobs and this stuff." This because she's going to school. I'm holding it down. She's working on her degree, and I was mad. I was upside down man do you understand because really i was just looking at me i was like me this, i'm doing this for you i'm doing that for you i'm doing and this is what you give me it was i think it might have been like thanksgiving mm -hmm. or something because my in-laws were here mm -hmm. and i mean we were upstairs i mean like we were kind of like I'm gonna give you the down and dirty. We were like having it out, like, yo, like, I mean, and I was just like, you cannot talk now. I was just like, mm, you say nothing. And he was like, this is my golden ticket to get out. <laughs> um, but it was just, it was, it was hard. You know what I'm saying? Because I really, because I, I really planned and intended on leaving that day, like, this is it for me. So I was just like, yo, I need to think. I need just out of my face. Like, you know, my grandmother who was deceased, you know, she would always tell me, son, you, whatever situation you gotta find yourself in, she'd always be like, son, you gotta pray. You gotta pray. At the time, you don't, you don't wanna hear that. And at the time it's like, I really don't be wanting to hear that kind of stuff, to be honest. I don't be wanting to hear like, oh, you just gotta pray. I don't, I don't wanna hear that. I don't wanna hear that. So. You know, I really just sat there and like, I did say like a little prayer, you know, and I didn't even want to, man, because can God even hear your prayers when you be angry praying? <laughs> <laughs> like for real. So it's just like, I had a choice. I realized I had a choice. And then also too, I had to realize, um, how did we get to this point? So I took, I think this is like the most mature thing I've ever done in my life. I took ownership for me and my part. And my because I heard her saying, but you don't this and he this and that this. I was hearing it, but I wasn't hearing it. But when I got alone, I was like, okay, Don, what did you do? Don, how did you call? What role did Don play in all of this? You know what I'm saying? So I had to be like honest with myself and say, you know what? You wasn't doing what you were supposed to be doing. I mean, bottom line, I, w I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't nurturing my wife. I wasn't taking care of her in the way that she needed to be taken care of, like emotionally. You know, I thought just because, okay, I'm paying for everything in this house, your car note, your bills, and your tuition, like I should be good, you know, but she needed more than the financial piece that I was providing. She needed that emotional piece covered. So 
yes, I 100% had to take ownership for what I didn't do as a man. And that was see my wife's needs and address them and fill them. You see what I'm saying? So I think that was probably the most, that was, like I said, the maturest moment I've ever had in my life. And if someone were to be saying, someone were to say, Donald Barnett, you're going to be so mature that your wife is going to have an emotional <laughs> affair and you're just going to forget about it and never talk about it again. And I'm going to be like, you're a liar because I'm not that mature, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. God's grace. I did it because when I look at it now, man, like she would do it for me. She has done it for me. You know what I'm saying? She's continuing to do it for me because, you know, I have struggles. As a man, I have struggles. And like she, she said earlier, we talk about these struggles that I have. You know, I will, I will tell my wife, like, babe, I'm struggling. And this, that, and the third. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. And um, it's a healthy dialogue because, see, we have this thing where we can listen without judgment. And we can have the conversation without all the whole emotion of, I can't believe you was looking at her, talking to her, and this, that, this, and that, because... It took time to get to this point. Yeah, I mean, we got, what, 18 years in the game? Yeah. 18 That's years in the game. That's why I don't have game. no hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I tell anybody, man, if you, you call yourself snitching or telling something on me, you just practicing your snitching skills. <laughs> Cause I done told it on my, I done told on myself, <laughs> like for real. I have these conversations with my wife so I can sleep at night. You know, my wife can answer my phone. She can go through my email. She got my password for all my, my phone, my emails and all this other stuff. My wife, um, she can answer my phone. I mean, and vice versa. I sleep, I sleep real good at night. I'm a really like needy person per se. So sometimes I get the whole, like if someone says, hey, what's your name, Don? Sometimes I entertain foolishness. I will be 100. I entertain foolishness. That's why when, when that brother um, that was on your show, Neil, Neil Brown, like his whole thing resonated with me because it was just like, dang, that, that's real. That is so real because it's true. You know, I go to events. Um, with with people and now, now granted now no one tells me or influences me what to do and I don't want to seem like that because we have to own our actions I'm good at owning my stuff and sometimes you know and I, I may get to talking and flirting and all that stuff and 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 it just I mean the conversations like feel really good but I always come home at night and I always tell my wife you know, because like someone could give me their number four and five different times, but I'll never call them because that's just not what I do. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's, it's just flattering for someone to find you attractive, to just want to talk to you. And then the crazy thing is like when you have like that moment of when you're like thinking clearly, it's like, dang, she knows I'm married. I told her I got kids. I tell my wife all the time, like I show my wife like, you know, I told my wife, I said, babe, I showed her your picture. I showed her the kids. I told, I told him, don't wear your wedding ring because the wedding ring is a chick magnet. I mean, like, for real, it's, it's like they gravitate towards married men. I've, I've been to so many events with my husband and I'm just like dumbfounded by the women who throw themselves on married men. I mean, I'm just, I can't believe it. You know, that's why I'm, I'm happy about this series because you're showing couples who can get through the yucky stuff but it took time you know for us to get to this point where I don't feel some kind of way and that, I, that's part of that a transition I, from being I a bad wife because <laughs> in the past I probably wouldn't wouldn't have been able to handle it but now we just talk through it I don't know sometimes like when my wife talks crazy to me sometimes it's like it's good to know I still got it you know and He's still here. By, by no means is that a justification. So don't nobody <laughs> do something and say, well, I saw this guy on that live. <laughs> don't know. Right, right. <laughs> no. And he's getting, I mean, and, and the reality is, I mean, it's, it's a give and a take, you know, and that's the conversation we kind of had this morning was that even for me, there's times where men would say stuff to me and I shut it down. You know, I would immediately say, 
thank you so much. I'll let my husband know that, that you think that or, you know, something like that. And then keep it moving. Whereas in, you know, in the past, I probably would have entertained the conversation, but it really is part of that knowing yourself and then valuing yourself and then valuing your relationship. I mean, I, I don't like it because I just kind of feel like at this point, at, you know, 40 something years old that you should be able to move beyond that. But I, I definitely want to provide my husband a space where he feels comfortable telling me so that eventually it'll um, fade out or whatever. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, but I'm putting in, I'm putting in the work to be better. I attend like a solid men's group at church that's very transparent and very open. You know, I really don't say too much. I just kind of take it in because like, okay, yeah, that's my lane. Okay, yeah, wow, I need, yeah. Good. And, you know, I attend counseling on my own um, to just, you know, just to, to talk it out, to kind of get the, the tools to kind of move past a lot of things. And my infatuation with, you know, these conversations and things of that nature, it's just because, you know, I didn't have my mom in my life. So sometimes like women have always been a good substitute in my life for whatever. You know what I'm saying? And and my wife knows this. It's not like a thing of where like, oh, he just no, no, it's it's, it's not that. It's it's deeper than than a guy just, oh, I wanna entertain myself and talk to you or something. It's it, it goes much deeper than that. I went through a, a period of time in 2010 where I was super fatigued. Um, I noticed that my hair was kind of falling out and things of that nature. So I went to the doctor and found out that number one, I had diabetes. Then she sent me to another doctor because my hair, um, a dermatologist, and I found out I had alopecia, which is hair loss. I had both of those things going at the same time. <laughs> and thankfully, you know, I have the husband I have that he just really supported me through the whole hair loss transition. So I had shoulder length hair and all that. Um, and then, <laughs> and then the whole diabetes thing. Um, thankfully I, you know, I lost 53 pounds and it went away. So, you know, it's really important. That was right after the whole emotional thing. So then it was like, we really had, it was a lot. We just had a lot going on. This, our life is movie worthy. Like for real, Tyler Perry, <laughs> he, he needs to like read my book. I mean, cause we've been homeless with three children. I mean, you name it, we, we've experienced it. But yeah, we were about 11 years in and it was right around the, the whole emotional affair thing. I think we were just coming out of that forgiveness part and moving forward and doing the work. And so it was just one of those things where we just had to dig deep and work through the hair loss thing. For me, it, it took me three years to even say the word alopecia. It was just, I couldn't even say it. Kind of like, you know, other diseases that people have. Um, but my husband just, he was there. He always affirmed me and, you know, I was able to, to get through it. And I took her to get her first haircut. <laughs> yeah. So when she was um, dealing with all that, you know, I mean, I really felt for her. I was just like, because I, there was nothing I could do as a husband, you know, you want to be able to take away the pain, but there was literally nothing I could do other than, you know what, we're just going to embrace this. So, you know, one day I just, hey, we're going to the barbershop. And she, long story short, she sat in there and she got her hair cut. And, you know, and I could tell it was difficult for her, you know what I'm saying? But I was, I was right there with her. You know, she didn't have to go through it by herself. So, you know, I think moments like that help lay another brick on our foundation to having 18 years and counting. You know, yeah, we went through a lot of crazy stuff and, but you know what, man, it's like, those things that we went through are helping us to see another 18 years and beyond, you know, cause she knows I'm not going nowhere. She not going nowhere. So we just figure out a way to work through whatever. Yeah. I'll take his crazy over somebody I don't know. <laughs> when I came back, you know, from the dermatologist and I had the pamphlets and, you know, she was saying, um, when you come back for your follow-up, we're going to start you either on pills, creams or shots. 
And I, I told my husband, he was just like, okay, well, but then they want to do liver function tests every three, every three months. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, he says, your decision. But he said, I don't want you taking that chance of, you know, damaging your liver. Um, and so. It's just hair. It's not worth it. I'm not one of them brothers that get caught up on hair. Like, oh my gosh, you lose your hair. It's got to be done. You're, nah, man. It's, right. it's just hair. You know what? With or without hair, she is still the woman that I married 18 years ago. Her hair does not make her any more any less beautiful she's still the woman i married period so yeah never we never talked about wigs um i actually work with women embrace helping them to embrace their baldness um so yeah it just he never none of that i've, I've had people outside of our marriage and friends suggest wigs <laughs> and my husband's like oh, she crazy we're not doing that <laughs> you know type yeah, thing because unfortunately <laughs> You have a lot of brothers who keep their women in bondage with these wigs. And for real, it's like some of these women really don't want to wear their wigs. Right. They, they want to they wanna be free. They don't and want it. I wrote a blog post called She Wants to Be Free. And it was just dealing the whole thing with her alopecia and getting her hair cut, just supporting her because a lot of women just wear wigs because their husbands are saying, oh, no, I, I need like the husband is not ready. And it's like, dude, it's not about you. It's or, about her. Or they're not. The women are ready. You know, they're, they're afraid of what society would think. And, and, and I mean, I would have anxiety attacks if I went, say, if I was going somewhere with friends and I would think, oh, my gosh, what would people think? Would they think I have cancer? Or, you know, I would have like all those thoughts going through my mind. So I. It took me about, like I said, three years to share with people. And then once I did that, then women were like inboxing me and just reaching out to me and saying, hey, that's me too. You know, I've, I've learned to embrace it. Are there hard days? There's days where I cry and, you know, he'll pick me back up and we, I, I just keep it moving. We were stationed in Germany, so my husband went into the military and we had just had our son. So that was, we had, yeah, I came in 2002. We came back in 2003. Uh, so we were married about four years. Came back in 2003, we were living with my parents and my dad was on this kick where we had to move. I'm just gonna say that because my parents will probably be watching this episode. <laughs> so my father was like, hey, you guys gotta move. No, 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 let's just put it where it is. It wasn't like, you gotta move. Everybody's gotta get out. And, it wasn't know, just as my brother was living my, there my too. My younger brother-in-law was living there, and Devon, it was your fault. It was <laughs> your we, fault. Yeah, Everybody got, got kicked out because we was paying rent, <laughs> buying groceries, paying electric bill. You weren't doing nothing. I love you though. <laughs> but no, seriously, um, my dad was just on this. We got back in May, and he gave us by November to move. And and the process, we were looking for homes. Um, just no, no, we were out. good. We were good for a minute. Yeah, we were good and for then a minute. it was like okay, November we had to move, but because we was, moved that that day that he gave us the deadline. Right, or something. and That summer we started looking. Because I, I was working at Howard University no, no, no. in the ER, and I worked double shifts. And so we just were yeah. stacking my checks, stacking my checks. Don was still in the military. And um, yeah. it, as we got closer, my dad was just kind of like, when are y'all moving to y'all? And then he said, well, y'all just need to rent. And we were just like hell-bent on like, we are buying a house. Yeah. We're not renting. <laughs> and he was like, just rent, just rent. And the more he kept telling us that, my husband's like, we are buying a house. So we we got a realtor. We were every weekend, had the kids. In the car. I mean, we were just looking unmercifully. But at the time was the whole housing thing and everything was so expensive. Yeah. Um, so we had to go come to this, um, come to the county that we're in now because the county we wanted to live in, it was just too expensive to live in. And so we had a contract on a house and the due date came. And my husband, he was like, we out of here. <laughs> he was like, I don't care. And so one of my girlfriends said, well, you guys can come stay with us. It was a two-bedroom apartment. Her and her kids were in one room. Us and our kids were no, in we another No, we didn't have the room. contract on the house at all. We were still looking. Oh, yeah, we were still looking. We had no place to go. And then her girlfriend was just kind of like... And uh, I was like, let's stay. And he had, was like, we're we out of like, here. We had all the stuff packed in the car like what are we doing i'm thinking like well maybe base housing but you know sometimes base housing, base housing the, 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 the list the list you know it just takes a long time but it's like 
we can't wait like a month. We need like a place like today. And so we, we have, moved in with her. Yeah. And um, Don and I slept on the floor and the kids slept in her kids' beds. Three, because we had Yakima on a mattress with us on the floor. Yeah. And we put the girls in each one of the beds. And um, I was driving all the way from up by Baltimore to DC every day because I worked at City, right? Yeah, I was working at Howard. And um, that was our, our trek every day. And then she got kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and decided we had to move. <laughs> um, and so no, we packed up our car where, again. Let's just put it where it is. What? We're on video. Can't right. put people where out there it? like that. Okay, look. <laughs> she, I felt like, like I didn't mind like paying like electric and gas and half the rent or a little more than half. But I, I didn't feel like we needed to pay all of the rent. Like all of it. Like she wanted us to pay everything. Like everything. And and I was doing all the cooking. So when she got home with her boys, dinner was done. Because my children had to eat. So she's not gonna be your friend now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we even got a Christmas card from her where she put Tanya, Yakim, Donnie, Gabby, and left my husband off. That's how mad she was. Yeah. Um but she didn't sound like your friend then. No, she no, wasn't. Because no. we we packed up that night. <laughs> And we moved to another one of my friend's house and we were in the basement. We stayed in the basement. We stayed in the basement with our three kids. And so they had they went and bought a futon and we had the kids on the futon and yeah. we slept on the floor mm -hmm. um, for about a month. And then finally, because we put a contract on the house. Yeah. And then we finally Got were it. able to move into a house. So about almost two months. And then we moved into that house. With like no furniture, nothing. So we're like we were still sleeping on the floor, and then the furnace didn't work, so <laughs> it was cold in there. I mean, like bitter cold. And it was like, geez, what are we gonna do? So we called this guy, who really like God sent, gave us a break. It was like a little part that was like twenty five dollars. So um, well, actually, the part was like two dollars, but he put it in for like twenty five dollars, mm -hmm. whereas like anyone else was charging like anywhere between two and four hundred dollars mm -hmm. and you know i'm in the military we're trying to move and all this other stuff so you know he really brother if you're out there thanks <laughs> again man i appreciate you um cut us a break and then bam we uh yeah. back over here where were we at that's waldorf mm -hmm. right yeah yeah we we've soldiered through some some crazy stuff and it's, i mean it's those times we just have to really get on the same page and decide and, and the beautiful thing is our kids for them it was fun <laughs> they, they didn't they didn't yeah. understand what was going on they'd be like oh we get to go stay at her house oh my gosh you know for them it was yeah, great like a and then, slumber party. right and then when we went to <laughs> um, our other friend's house it was the same thing you know because they called them aunt and uncle anyway so it was just like we're staying with our aunt and uncle so the kids loved it for them it was great you know, but I knew for my husband that was really hard because he was just determined that he wanted to buy a house. And we just, we made that thing work. I was working like 16, 20 hours in the ER getting double overtime yeah. just so we could buy a house. I mean, because as a man, you want to not just do your reasonable service, but a lot more. So, you know, I just... I mean, I felt like inadequate as a man, like, yo, what kind of husband and father am I? Like, and I had to keep telling him because he kept putting pressure on himself. And I kept saying, babe, you're the only one putting that pressure on you. I'm, I'm like, I'm not putting that pressure on you. The kids definitely are putting that pressure on you. And he used to say that all the time. I'm supposed to take care of you. I'm supposed to provide for you. And I'm like, this is, we're a team. And it would stress him out. And I said, who's? Who's putting that expectation on you? I'm, I'm not the one saying you should be providing for me. You, I never said that to him ever. Um, so just even in that, the the whole male female roles, he just was adamant that the man, the husband, I gotta provide. And I was like, well, I can get double overtime, so I work, you know, because people never came to work anyway, you know, and they always needed people in the ER. So I just put in all those hours so that we, we can make that thing work. They had a ball and it snowed while we were there. So they had a chance to go out and play in the snow with their cousins. So to them, it was no, but he was really like stressing out. Like we are sleeping on somebody's floor. I'm, I'm, I'm not, this isn't what a man does. I'm like, I mean, but think about it. <laughs> You're you're in the military, mm -hmm. you're a college graduate, and you're sleeping on the floor. You don't have to do 
any of those things to sleep on somebody's floor. You see what I'm saying? You could be a college, high school dropout and end up on somebody's floor. But it's like, dude, like, I'm a college graduate. I'm serving my country. Why am I on the floor? With three kids. I just felt some kind of way about that. It was just like, it was like I was just grinding, grinding, grinding. I'm just trying to do everything I can, but it just, I don't know, man. It just seemed like it was, took forever to come together, you know? But it just didn't make me feel good. I think one of my favorite things about being married to my wife is that she's a nurturer and um, she's a good, how you say, um, she's just, a nurturer and what is the word I'm looking for she's like a jack-of-all-trades meaning like I know that I can go out of town for a week and she could run everything in here solely totally independent of me not being here if anything it may be one phone call hey I was thinking this but what do you think well go with what you thought we good you know so I, I don't have those worries about her not knowing how to do because she's very self-sufficient and she makes up, you know, my shortcomings in terms of, and I tell anybody that she is the, out of us, she's the nicest person like ever because she, she gets it with my kids. She understands that balance and the dynamics with them. And now 21st century, she understands me. So it feels pretty good to come home. <laughs> I love that he's passionate about family. Family is everything to him. And that is just like so key to me um, that he's just such a hands-on dad. Um, I just think it's important to him. And just knowing when I think about just him being a dad to the kids forever, he's always been like hands-on at their games, at their this, at this coaching football, uh, coaching soccer, uh, just always there. Cheer competitions. My daughter did cheer competitions and it's the same three minute song. We would drive hours, stay overnight for a three minute song, but he was there, you know? And so I love that. Don't get that them track meets. And track meets <laughs> with the tent and the baby in the pamper, you know, running around at hot track meets all over. Um, for our oldest daughter, I mean, we just always, he coached her in track, so she could be an independent track um, star. And so it was just, he's just really all family.